It's time for another great adventure on the one, the only, the Bantaril! There we go, I press record. Welcome to episode 12 of the Band Reel. Tonight we're talking about... Where we review... <laughs> Continue, Chris. Shia LaBeouf's mustache. Or, as most of us call it, Fury. The 2014 release. Went out in 2015, yeah? Yeah, we are, aren't we, Chris? Uh, Yes, yeah. we're in 2015. This movie came out. 2014. Yes. October. There you go. He said it. I'm Kieran. He is Dwayne Wade. No, wait. Um, that's my alter ego. No, wait. No, Chris. Chris. Yes, that's it. I just checked my underpants. You sure about that? Yeah, I'll double check them at the end. And this is the band reel. We're talking about Fury tonight. I've just watched it. It's been released in Australia on um, home release. I didn't actually get the pleasure of watching in the cinema. Chris, you actually saw I, it in the cinema? Yes, yes, in Hoyt's extreme screen, which for the impact this movie had with its effects was top notch now this is a hard hitting film yes um it is an intense film i'll say that uh i loved it i thought it was a great film one of the better um, war films of the year and in a long time that i've seen brad pitt yeah once again another fantastic outstanding performance shia LaBeouf, boof boof whatever you pronounce it once you get past his mustache, he did actually put in a good performance. Um, I suppose you had to ignore his off-the-rails lifestyle mm-hmm. at the yeah. moment. Not sure whether he's trying to pull a Joaquin Phoenix or whether he's just um, gone full art house. Yeah. You've got uh, Logan Lehman, who was Norman, the pretty much the central character of the film. Uh, Michael Penney. Who played Gordo? And yeah, get the uh, stand standard uh, uh, Mexican. Yes, yes. Uh, you had John uh, John Bethanel. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, as yep. Kunas. So these are all there. Yeah, uh, I was about to say this. Uh, they are referred to by nicknames yes. throughout the entire thing, and it doesn't pull any punches. War Daddy, Machine, Bible, Gordo, Kunas, and Old Man. Yep, as the um, captain that made her. Um, now, got some um, very interesting character portrayal from this film. You've got, obviously, Kunas, who uh, John is uh, in Walking Dead. 
he plays a very similar character in this film as well. He plays that cliche guy. You got Gordo who plays the typical badass. But the, the the key the key guy for this one really was Brad Pitt. He played um, a real asshole when you think about it. Um, obviously, he was the sergeant of the team, and he was a real like from personally from where I was watching this, I felt he was a real prick and a real hard ass. But you know, obviously, they were at war. This is World War Two, and you had to have a certain amount of had to have a certain amount of toughness about you, otherwise you would sink. Yeah, yeah, probably that type of thing. Like, he cares for his team and he's promised to try and get them all home and I suppose doesn't want to get too close because he probably can't stand the thought of failing in that promise. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, that um, his portrayal of how it affects him by himself, that moment where he hides between two um, vehicles and kind of almost breaks down, I thought that was very human of him and very it showed there was another side to him even though he was trying to be the badass in front of his men that it was having an effect on him now we've got to think this is the world war ii story so it's based in vietnam vietnam, vietnam. Uh, maybe you should maybe you should thumb through your old uh, history <laughs> textbooks pardon me i don't know why i said that it's based in germany it's towards the end of the war so they're hunting down the remaining um, nazi regime the ss Troops and a lot mm. of the um, head honchos in the Nazi party. Um, yeah, it's yeah. pushing to push into Germany. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, I suppose the uh, it does actually touch on it and it's the middle sort of interlude for the film to give you a break from the intensity of it all. But they go into town and it's sort of the allied, allied forces looting Germany. So it puts yeah. another spin that's not really looked at in a lot of war films. That's exactly right. Now, I thought that was very good. Uh, interpretation of that, you know, there are always two sides to a war. Um, no one ever wins a war, in my point of view. I don't believe that that is the case at all. No one ever wins a war. There's no uh, no one to come out on top, unfortunately. But it was a betrayal that I, I actually enjoyed that middle scene where it was the company taking, you know, refuge in a town, but almost using it to abuse it, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about it, Chris? Uh, the uh, scene in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, well, I enjoyed it. It did feel it sort of ran for a long time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like another five or ten minutes and it would have started to wear out its welcome. But it was different to see. I suppose you got to see them all sort of let down their guards and, well, mainly uh, War Daddy and uh, Machine let down their guards and show a more human side of it, emotions and all that. Yeah. Um, Gordo and Coon were... Um, comic relief for this part but it was hilarious when he rocked up in the top hat yeah like the like mr peanut yeah that was quite amusing (laughs) yeah so which was good because this is like the film needed it because if you haven't seen it the effects and the gore it does not shy away from anything like in the first minute you see half a face sitting on the floor of the tank yeah it's very much very much in your face, face, yeah. Very much in your face yeah. that with being a pun there. Probably a very gross one at that. Um, yeah. But it's what the film is. It throws everything at you. So it was good to have that bit in the middle just to take a break from it and have a breath because the last stint is where they fight off an entire like SS battalion and it just... It's brutal. It's, uh, it's a very raw movie, I felt. The storyline as well is just... It's in your face the whole time. Yeah. And, the, and that's I, what I... 
enjoyed. Yeah, I think that was it, it's what caught me the most with it. I thought, because uh, obviously uh, we just did a review on the American Sniper. And I thought that was good. It was a good film. I wouldn't say it was fantastic. At the same time saying that, I think this one is a better war film because of the fact that it, it kept you on the edge of your seat the whole way and it it was in your face and it was it was really raw and there was emotion there and you you didn't you didn't feel for the Americans as like you felt for all of it like a, you know war is what it is. It's both two people fighting. There are casualties. There are always people, you know, innocent people on both sides that are going to be affected by this. But I just felt like there's a lot of emotions that came out of, for me personally, I felt that it was a very intense film. Yeah. That was partially because of the cast as well and the director. They both, they, the whole team put a fantastic job into the, the entire film. And David Ayer, end of watch when he directed that, I wasn't a huge fan of that film. Um, but that's another intense, in-your-face kind of film, and I guess that's his directing style. He's actually directing, and I'm going to mention this because I'm a comic book buff, he's directing the Suicide Squad adaption for 2017. Now, if anyone that doesn't know Suicide Squad, it's a DC property that has your likes of uh, Harley Quinn, Deathstroke, Deadshot, Black Manta, Amanda Waller, so a heap of rogues that turn to doing good deeds under the, the guise of the government. Now, to, I'm, I'm very excited to see, after seeing this film, I'm more excited to see this film and see what he does with it. He's been teasing him with it on Twitter, um, but I look forward to seeing what kind of twist he gives this comic book because after these last two films he has directed, uh, the guy can direct. He is a brilliant director, and I, I, I really look forward to seeing what he does next. He did a fantastic job with this. Oh, yeah, and I suppose another, like, speaking of performances... I'm sure probably a lot of people are aware now the stories um, of um, Shia LaBeouf being Shia LaBeouf. Yep. His preparation for it. He refused to shower. He, what, pulled out his teeth. Um, Say what? So, yeah, he um, he got on everyone's nerves um, on the on set because he, um, yeah, he went... Well, very above and beyond. I'm trying to see here the um, exact, exactly what he did, but he, yeah, he refused to shower. He, um, like, I think he pulled out his teeth. He lived it, went into it, and, yeah, probably not much the rest of the cast. Um, but, yeah, he did go full on. I can't find the exact things of what he did at the moment, but if I do, I'll pull it up. Mm, very... Very interesting actor, obviously with his yeah, well, uh, or interesting tales with him, like um his his um art installation where it came out probably a month ago that he he said that he was raped during it, but because he said he'd sit there and do nothing. Wow. Okay. There you go. Has anything been confirmed, or are we just it came out a little bit nothing. I mean, it's yeah, whether it's someone trying to cash in on their minute of fame, or it happened like. I know, who knows? Who knows? It's um, he's gone off the deep end. Wow. Okay. But it's, I suppose, the thing is, it considering all his prior roles basically being transformers. Whatever you think of him in person, in this he has demonstrated he does have the ability to act. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I I never doubted he couldn't act. It's just that Transformers is not one of his highest um, praises. Transformers. Indiana Jones, yeah. like very big movies, but 
deepest of roles. Yeah, he needs to shake the shroud of those films. Um, let's just dive into the portrayal and the history of the film. Now, it's based on the Tiger ones, which were the um, military tanks used in uh, the World War Two. Obviously, the Americans are fighting against the Nazis in the film. These tanks are actually based off the ones they were using during the fights throughout World War Two. When they were filming the, were yeah. making the movie. Yeah, uh, again, just uh, checking your history book there, just to cut in. Yep. The Shermans are the US tanks, the Tiger yep. tanks, so that were known as the um, brutal machines of Germany, which is one of the big climatic battles that ragtag old Sherman that's seen it's the Sherman tank fury that's been through its fair share of yeah. battles and running low has no, to I face it's... off against a yeah. fully armed tiger. Yeah, the tiger were the... Which is quite a climatic and yeah, very well, heart-stopping scene. Well, that scene where they're fighting, facing off against the tiger, it is uh, it is intense. But I appreciate more so in this film they've gone back and they've really done their research on the history of the tanks and, and I think that made it a bit more believable when watching it. That they, you know these tanks were the you know, the primary construction of Germany. That they were the, the bee's knees in sense that you don't you don't you don't come out the battle winning if you mm-hmm. go against one of these tanks. Um, and it was by sheer luck that, that in that scene that the war daddy and his team actually won that fight because that obviously they were firing as much as they could and it wasn't even penetrating it. So these these have been portrayed as the same ones in the real world war too. Imagine coming against something like that, and you know, knowing that you're not yeah. going to really stand a chance against it. It's you felt that you felt that fear when watching, and I think that created another um, layer of atmosphere for the film itself. Yeah, he put in a lot of effort to keep it authentic, like yeah. on top of all that effort to make sure the tanks were as accurate as he could get, considering that World War Two was. It's like 60 years or something now, isn't it? So these very old machines now. He also made all the actors go to a four-week-long Navy SEAL boot camp. Yeah. So the the preparation to get these to make it, you know, feel as though it's a realistic film was above and beyond. But you watch those, you watch the Tigers and you're looking at them like, like they are, that you believe it. You believe that they would, you couldn't stand a chance against them. It's a lot of respect for the amount of effort that, that um, people go to to try and bring that authentic feel to the movies. Now, obviously, it was released... Did you say October it was released in? Uh, yes. Yes, October. Yeah. It was actually pushed back. October 17th in the US. Mm. When did Australia get it? Was it in October? Because um, I, I, honestly, I, I didn't make it to the cinema. I think it wasn't too far after. Okay. Because yeah, I got nagged to see this film personally. People were coming up to me and telling me to come and go and see it. You'll love it. Um, but I didn't actually get a chance to go and see it, so I actually yeah. I purchased it, it online when it came out. It was at the end of October. It was um, November for Australia. Okay. Because that's one of the films I used to not study for final exams. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Oh, and it, it, did, it did... On the box office, it did pretty well. Um, we're looking at... Two hundred and eight point four million. So, out of for the budget of sixty eight million, that's pretty damn good. Oh yeah, it made it definitely made it back there and more. Soundtrack for it. Now, it was produced by Stephen Price. I I can honestly say it, it's one of my favourite soundtracks for twenty fourteen. Took you by surprise. You were saying earlier, oh. considering that you were 
very over the moon with it was at the uh, Captain America. Yeah, um, I think Captain America soundtrack got a fair old play. I'm very fond of my um, theatre music, and I found this soundtrack to be... It was eerie, it was creepy, it had that that time... It's like it taken a piece of time back from the war, and they inserted it into the film. Obviously, the introduction music at the start is very Nazi Germany, 1940s. It almost kind of felt like um, a little bit of Russian Cold War influence in it as well, but uh, very eerie, and I just love it. I've listened to it. I think I've listened to it maybe a dozen times since I watched it over the weekend. Uh, But this guy, obviously, Stephen Price, I'm just looking at it now. He's had a fair bit of um, work over the past few years, and he's had a lot of um, shared editorial inclusion into some films. One of them was Batman Begins, which is one of my personal favourite Scores are, what else is done? He's done The World's End, Edgar Wright, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Uh, what else has he done? Gravity, which was another great film as well, and Attack of the Block. So he's done a few films. Uh, he's done. He's been working on a couple of films with other uh, musical directors, Lord of the Rings for once, and a couple of other big films, Batman obviously as well. So the guy has done a fair bit in his time, but yeah. Brilliant score. I love it. I thought it was great. Have you listened to it since watching the movie, Chris? Uh, no, I haven't listened to the soundtrack, but while watching through the film, it, yeah, the music suited the pace and it was quite fitting. Yeah. So he definitely did do a good job on it. Yeah, definitely captured the mood of the film. But yeah, I'd suggest you get that, Chris. And anyone else listening, check out the soundtrack for it. It's phenomenal. But yeah, I think that's about all for tonight, really. Unless you've got anything mm. else to add. Uh, it was a great film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Chris has uh, just started a new job, so he's probably falling asleep if you hear him breaking up every five seconds or so. Also, Skype's a bit. Uh, What's that? Can be a bit touchy. Yes, Skype yeah. can be a bit touchy. Now, just before we do go, has it got any um, accolades for its outstanding it, extendingness in film? I guess. Yes, yes, it does have uh, some nominations and. Not any, of, I suppose, of the big ones. I suppose uh, it's um, had some People's Choice nominations, Screen Actors Guild nomination. Uh, well, the Screen Actors Guild one was for Outstanding Performance by a Stunt Ensemble in a Motion Picture. Yep. Uh, Santa Barbara International Film Festival. Yep. Had a win there. Um, National Water Review, Hollywood Film Awards, uh, won editing. Okay. So it's it's had a few awards. Um, yeah, not... Oscars or any of the big A name awards, but yep. it has had nods in its way to tip it at. Yeah, it's had a lot of praise, and it's a lot of people. A lot of people have said that it deserves to win some Oscars for some of the things that it's done. A lot of people are crying out that Logan uh, Lerman should uh, actually receive an Oscar for his portrayal as a Machine, but mm. <clears throat> obviously the Oscars being the Oscars. And how I don't really like the guys that are behind it, and they seem to overlook a lot of great films. Yes, um, yes a lot of films got a snob this year, and I think so. this, I think this film is one of them. I think it should have been up there definitely, but you know, obviously, they tend to scheme over some, uh, smear over some of these, and just not worry about them, unfortunately. But yet again, to wrap this up, it is a great film. Like, I I wish I'd seen it in the movies. I think I'm going to try and crank it up as loudly as I can when I get another chance to watch it, and I will be watching it again. It's an emotional roller coaster of a ride on the edge of your seat, but
but yes. it's one of the best war films I've seen in years. And I think... Yes, definitely. God, I can't remember the last war film that I've seen that I actually felt so passionate about. Um, but this was really... I think it would have been since uh, Black Hawk Down. That's a long time ago when you think about yeah. it. So, uh, yeah. take, take the phone off the hook. Call in a fake noise complaint three towns over so you know the cops won't get there in time when you crank up the hi-fi system. Exactly. It'll blow you away. It's a fantastic film. It's a credit to David Ayer and Brad Pitt and everyone else that was part of the film, the cast, the crew, everyone that did it. It was a credit to them all. A fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, you shouldn't be listening to this in the first place. But definitely watch it. And yeah, you have I think seen spoiler it, warnings yeah, went out about episode three or four, but the but, ratings haven't. <laughs> no, they haven't. But go and see it. Definitely grab it from the video store, iTunes, wherever you get it from, wherever you get your movies from. Watch it because it's well and truly worth the watch. So, so after saying all that, what do you give it? I give it, uh, I give it three and a half out of five hairy Shia LaBeouf mustaches. What about you, Chris? What do you give it? Well, I would have given it the mustaches too, but saying it took that, I'm going to give it for Mr. Peanuts out of five. Oh, okay. Good one. That's a pretty high um, score for you, Chris. Oh, four Mexican Mr. Peanuts out of five. Oh, four Mexicans. Okay. Thanks for joining us again, guys. This has been the Review for Fury, episode 12. Um, join us again for another episode of The Bantrial. See you later. You should do that. See ya. Hey, this is Kieran from The Halftone Effect. Do you like comics? Then be sure to check out our other podcasts where we review, interview, and check out all the latest news in the comic book realm. You can check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and all social media websites under the Halftone Effect. Be sure to check it out, guys.